Chapter Thirty Nine of Thomas Wingfold, Curate. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Chessie Joy. Chapter Thirty Nine: The Linen Draper. But there was yet another class amongst those who, on that second day, heard the curate testify what honestly he might, and no more, concerning Jesus of Nazareth. So far as he learned, however, that class consisted of one individual. On the following Tuesday morning he went into the shop of the chief linen draper of Glaston, for he was going to a funeral, and wanted a new pair of gloves that he might decline those which would be offered him. A young woman waited on him, but Mr. Drew, seeing him from the other end of the shop, came and took her place. When he was fitted, had paid for his purchase, and was turning to take his leave, the draper, with what appeared a resolution suddenly forced from hesitation, leaned over the counter and said, would you mind walking upstairs for a few minutes, sir? I ask it as a great favor. I want very much to speak to you. I shall be most happy, answered Wingfold. Conventionally, it must be allowed, for in reality he anticipated expostulation, and having in his public ministrations to do his duty against his own grain, he had no fancy for encountering other people's grain as well in private. Mr. Drew opened certain straits in the counter, and the curate followed him through them then through a door, up a stair, and into a comfortable dining-room, which smelled strongly of tobacco. There Mr. Drew placed for him a chair, and seated himself in front of him. The linen-draper was a middle-aged, middle-sized, stoutish man, with plump rosy cheeks, keen black eyes, and the features of the not-uncommon pug-type, ennobled and harmonized by a genuine expression of kindly good humor and an excellent forehead. His dark hair was a little streaked with gray. His manner, which in the shop had been of the shop, that is, more deferential and would be pleasing than Wingfold liked, settled as he took his seat into one more resembling that of a country gentleman. It was courteous and friendly, but clouded with a little anxiety. An uncomfortable pause following, Wingfold stumbled in with the question, I hope Mrs. Drew is well, without reflecting whether he had ever really heard of a Mrs. Drew. The draper's face flushed. "'It is twenty years since I lost her, sir,' he returned. In his tone and manner there was something peculiar. "'I beg your pardon,' said Wingfold, with self-accusing sincerity. "'I will be open with you, sir,' continued his host. "'She left me with another nearly twenty years ago.' "'I am ashamed of my inadvertence,' rejoined Wingfold. "'I have been such a short time here.' "'Do not mention it, sir. How could you help it?' Besides, it was not here the thing took place, but a hundred miles away. I hope I should before long have referred to the fact myself. But now I desire, if you will allow me, to speak of something different. I am at your service, answered Wingfold. Thank you, sir. I was in your church last Sunday, resumed the draper, after a pause. I am not one of your regular hearers, sir, but your sermon that day set me thinking, and instead of thinking less when Monday came, I have been thinking more and more ever since. And when I saw you in the shop, I could not resist the sudden desire to speak to you. If you have time, sir, I hope you will allow me to come to the point my own way. Wingfold assured him that his time was at his own disposal, and could not be better occupied. Mr. Drew thanked him, and went on. Your sermon, I, I must confess, sir, made me uncomfortable. No fault of yours, sir, all my own, though how much the fault is I hardly know. Use and custom are hard upon a man, sir and you would have a man go by other laws than those of the world he lives in. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, you will doubtless say. 
that is over the royal exchange in london i think but it is not the laws of the lord that are specially followed inside for all that however it is not with other people we have to do but with ourselves as you will say well then it is for myself i am troubled now mr wingfold sir i am not altogether at ease in my own mind as to the way i have made my money what little money i have no great sum but enough to retire upon when i please i would not have you think me worse than i am but i am sincerely desirous of knowing what you would have me do my dear sir returned wingfold i am the very last to look for for enlightenment i am as ignorant of business as any child i am not aware that i ever bought anything but books and clothes or ever sold anything except a knife to a schoolfellow i had bought it the day before for a half-crown but there was a spot of rust on one of the blades and therefore i parted with it for twopence the only thing i can say is if you have been in the way of doing anything you are no longer satisfied with don't do it any more but just there comes my need of help you must do something with your business and don't do it don't tell me what to do mind i do not confess to having done anything the trade would count inadmissible or which is not done in the largest establishments what i now make a question of i learned in one of the most respectable of london houses you imply that a man in your line who would not do certain things the doing of which has contributed to the making of your fortune would by the ordinary dealer be regarded as quixotic he would but that there may be such men i am bound to allow for here am i wishing with all my heart that i had never done them right gladly would i give up the money i have made by them to be rid of them i am unhappy about it but i should never have dared to confess it to you sir or i believe to any one but for the confession you made in the pulpit some time ago i was not there but i heard of it i foolishly judged you unwise to accuse yourself before an unsympathizing public but here am i in consequence accusing myself to you to no unsympathizing hearer though said the curate it made me want to go and hear you preach pursued the draper for no one could say but it was plucky and we all like pluck sir he added with a laugh that puckered his face showed the whitest of teeth and swept every sign of trouble from the half-globe of his radiant countenance then you know some in substance of what i can do for you mr drew i can sympathize with you not a whit more or less am i capable of i am the merest beginner and dabbler in doing right myself and have more need to ask you to teach me than to set up for teaching you that's the beauty of you excuse me sir cried the draper triumphantly you don't pretend to teach us anything but you make us so uncomfortable that we go about ever asking after ourselves what we ought to do till last sunday i had always looked upon myself as an honest man let me see it would be more correct to say i looked on myself as a man quite honest enough that i do not feel so now is your doing sir you said in your sermon last sunday and specially to business men do you do to your neighbor as you would have your neighbor do to you if not how can you suppose that the lord of christians will acknowledge you as a disciple of his that is as a christian now i was even surer of being a christian than of being an honest man you will hardly believe it and what to think of it myself i now hardly know but i had satisfied myself more or less that i had gone through all the necessary stages of being born again and it is now many years since i have received into a christian church dissenting of course i mean for what i count the most important difference after all between church and dissent is that the one right or wrong requires for communion a personal profession of faith incredible proof of conversion 
which I believed I gave them, and have been for years, I shame to say it, one of the deacons of that community, but it shall not be for long. To return to my story, however, I was indignant at being called upon from a church pulpit to raise in myself the question whether or not I was a Christian, for had I not put my faith in the... But I will avoid theology, for I have paid more regard to that than has proved good for me. Suffice it to say that I was now driven from the tests of the theologians to try myself by the words of the master. He must be the best theologian after all, mustn't he, sir? And so there and then I tried the test of doing to your neighbor as. But I could not get it to work. I could not see how to use it. And while I was trying to make it apply, you were gone, and I lost all the rest of the sermon. Now, whether it was anything you had said coming back to me, I cannot tell. But next day, that was yesterday, all at once in the shop here, as I was serving Mrs. Ramshorn, the thought came to me. How would Jesus Christ have done if he had been a draper instead of a carpenter? When she was gone, I went up into my room to think about it. And there it seemed that first I must know how he did as a carpenter. But that we are told nothing about. I could get no light upon that. And as my thoughts turned again to the original question, how would he have done had he been a draper? And, strange to say, I seemed to know far more about that than the other, and to have something to go upon. In fact, I had a sharp and decisive answer concerning several things of which I had dared to make a question. The vision of the ideal woke the ideal in yourself, said Wingfold thoughtfully. I don't know that I quite understand that, returned Mr. Drew. But the more I thought, the more dissatisfied I became, and, in a word, it had come to this, that I must set things right or give up business. That would be no victory, remarked the curate. I know it, and shall not yield without a struggle, I promise you. That same afternoon, taking the opportunity of having overheard one of them, endeavoring to persuade an old farmer's wife to her disadvantage, I called all my people, and told them that if I ever heard one of them do such a thing, I would turn him or her away at once. But when I came to look at it, I saw how difficult it would be to convict of the breach of such a vague law. And unfortunately, too, I had some time ago introduced the system of a small percentage to the sellers, making it their interest to force sales. That, however, is easily rectified, and I shall see to it at once. But I do wish I had a more definite law to follow than that of doing as. Would not more light inside do as well as clearer law outside? suggested Wingfold. How can I tell till I have had a chance of trying? returned the draper with a smile, which speedily vanished as he went on. Then again, there's about profits. How much ought I to take? Am I to do as others do and always be ruled by the market? Am I bound to give my customers the advantage of any special bargain I may have made? And then again, for I do a large wholesale business with the little country shops. If I learn that one of my customers is going downhill, have I, or have I not, a right to pounce upon him and make him pay me to the detriment of his other creditors? There's no end of questions, you see, sir. I am the worst possible man to ask, returned Wingfold again. I might, from very ignorance, judge that wrong which is really right, or that right which is really wrong. But one thing I begin to see that before a man can do right by his neighbor, he must love him as himself. Only I am such a poor scholar in these high things that, as you have just said, I cannot pretend to teach anybody. That sermon was but an appeal to men's own consciences, 
whether they kept the words of the Lord by whose name they called themselves. Except in your case, Mr. Drew, I am not aware that one of the congregations has taken it to heart. I am not sure of that, returned the draper. Some talk amongst my own people has made me fancy that, perhaps, though talk be but froth, that froth might rise from some hot work down below. Never man could tell from the quiet way I am talking to you how much I have felt these few days past. Wingfold looked him in the face. The earnestness of the man was plain in his eyes, and his resolve stamped on every feature. The curate thought of Zacchaeus, thought of Matthew at the receipt of custom, thought with some shame of certain judgments concerning trade, and shopkeepers especially, that seemed somehow to have bred in him like creeping things. From whence they had come, he could not tell. Now it was clear as day that, always provided the man Jesus Christ can be and is with his disciples always to the end of the world, a tradesman might just as soon have Jesus behind the counter with him, teaching him to buy and sell in his name, that is, as he would have done it, as an earl riding over his lands might have him with him, teaching him how to treat his farmers and cottagers, all depending on how the one did his trading and the other his earling. A mere truism, is it? Yes, it is, and more is the pity. For what is a truism, as most men count truisms? What is it but a truth that ought to have been buried long ago in the lives of men, to send up forever the corn of true deeds and the wine of loving-kindness? But, instead of being buried in friendly soil, is allowed to lie about, kicked hither and thither in the dry and empty garret of their brain, till they are sick of the sight and sound of it, and to be rid of the thought of it, declare it to be no living truth but only a lifeless truism. Yet in their brain that truism must rattle until they shift it to its rightful quarters in their heart, where it will rattle no longer but take root and be a strength and loveliness. Is a truth to cease to be uttered because no better form than that of some divine truism, say, of St. John Bionniger, can be found for it? To the critic, the truism is a sea-worn, foot-trodden pebble, to the obedient scholar a radiant topaz, which, as he polishes it with the dust of its use, may turn into a diamond. Jesus, buying and selling, said Wingfold to himself. And why not? Did Jesus make chairs and tables? or boats, perhaps, which the people of Nazareth wanted without any admixture of trade in the matter? Was there no transaction, no passing of money between hands? Did they not pay his father for them? Was his father's way of keeping things going in the world too vile for the hands of him whose being was delight in the will of that father? No, there must be a way of handling money that is noble as the handling of the sword in the hands of the patriot. Neither the mean man who loves it, nor the faithless man who despises it, knows how to handle it. The former is one who allows his dog to become a nuisance, the latter one who kicks him from his sight. The noble man is he who so truly does the work given him to do, that the inherent nobility of that work is manifest. And the trader who trades nobly is nobler surely than the high-born who, if he carried the principles of his daily life into trade, would be as pitiful a sneak as any he that bows and scrapes falsely behind that altar of lies, his counter. All flat truisms I know, but no longer such to Wingfold to whom they now for the first time showed themselves truths. He had taken a kindly leave of the draper, promising to call again soon, 
and he had reached the room door on his way out when he turned suddenly and said, Did you think to try praying, Mr. Drew? Men whose minds, if I may venture to judge, seem to me from their writings of the very highest order, have really and positively believed that the loftiest activity of a man's being lay in prayer to the unknown father of that being, and that light in the inward parts was the certain consequence, that, in very truth, not only did the prayer of the man find the ear of God, but the man himself found God himself. I have no right to an opinion, but I have a splendid hope that I shall one day find it true. The Lord said, A man must go on praying and not lose heart. With the words he walked out, and the deacon thought of his many prayers at prayer meetings and family worships, the words of a young man who seemed to have only just discovered that there was such a thing as prayer, who could not pretend to be sure about it, but hoped splendidly, made him ashamed of them all. End of chapter 39